Well, aloha, good morning and good afternoon, good evening to Europe. It's Michael Benner in Maui, Hawaii, with today's Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. It's September 11th of 2011, and our topic today is the resistance to our spiritual growth is understood in Eastern philosophy. It's called the Ten Fetters. It's often thought of as a teaching from Buddhism. It certainly is that. However, it's uh, such core philosophy in in general that it's uh, practiced throughout the East and indeed throughout the world. So I thought I'd share this with you today. These are understandings that apply to anybody who's interested in good, solid psychotherapy, uh, human potential, uh, personal as well as spiritual development. And um, each of the ten fetters are concepts that are worth pondering. So we're going to spend a little bit of time in this free forum this morning talking about, as an introduction to the fetters, this resistance, fetter meaning like a shackle, except that uh, what imprisons us and inhibits our growth are shackles or fetters that we put on ourselves. Um, we have the keys to the prison door, and uh, or soul cages, if you want to borrow from Sting. Uh, we've locked ourselves up. There's an interesting image in the most tarot decks of people with chains on them but if you look at it closely you'll see the chains are so loose that they could easily take the chains off if they wished and that's true for any one of us we can release ourselves from these fetters or these shackles uh, anytime we'd like but in order to do that you have to face a certain fear in each case, there is a frightening consequence. Now, it's, it's not that there's any danger involved, of course. Fear is rarely about danger. One of the most important spiritual lessons that I could teach or that anybody can learn is just how exceedingly rare real danger is in your life. Our fears, our anxieties, our trepidation and apprehension or stress is almost never about real danger. It's about confusion, ignorance, unawareness, not understanding ourselves. It's not even the world around us that we find confusing, though it would seem that that's part of the problem. It's really the world within us that creates our stresses and and our anxiety, and our pain, and our suffering. Last week we talked about the four noble truths, and the first noble truth is life is suffering. The second noble truth, of course, is that we set ourselves up for it. We really do it to ourselves, because we live through a veil, a fog of our own confusion, our imaginings of the past, our memories about fears and unresolved issues, things we just don't understand, and fears of the future also that we just are confused about. We 
don't have the information, it seems, because the future's not here yet, and we're afraid that what hurt us in the past is going to be waiting for us down the road in the future and hurt us again. Well, when you think about the past and the future, you're imagining. And the only way to begin to wake up from that trance, that nightmare of fear and anxiety, and release the pain and the suffering that goes with it, and this is the third noble truth, is to come into the present moment, to to pay attention, to release the desire or the craving for things to be other than they are. Stop holding on and just let go, breathe, relax, and be here now, as Ram Das famously said. Be right here in this place right now without a desire for it to be other than it is. In other words, not only in the present moment, but also free from judging and analyzing, deciding, is this right or wrong? Is this good or bad? And I don't mean in a foolish way. This is not about being reckless. There's a quality of balance or equanimity to all of these. So we're going to talk about in greater detail in the premium uh, training that follows at 1.30 this afternoon Pacific time, just about what, 25 minutes from right now, a little less than that. So if you're all enrolled for the premium training, it's just a pocket full of change, really, to help defer our broadband costs. Great. We'll uh, see you when you log in again in about uh, 23 minutes at the premium training site. You got that information with the passwords and the thank you page when you enrolled or by email uh, last night. And uh, if you're not enrolled yet, you can sign up for a single class or get a real nice discount by enrolling for a 13-week term or even a full year. That's the deepest discount. And to do that, just go to our website at theagelesswisdom.com. The T-H-E is part of it. The W is dot theagelesswisdom.com. And click on Enter to go inside, then on Webinars, and you'll see sort of a crossroads. You'll see the free forum. That's this intro every Sunday at 1 o'clock for half an hour with meditation. And then right next to it, you'll see uh, the premium training, and you can enroll in like 60 seconds, easy peasy. Use your uh, ATM card, your debit card, your credit card. Again, it's... uh, pocket full of change, less than you'd spend at Starbucks, okay, and uh, valuable stuff. All of these programs are available by replay. This particular free forum, of course, is also podcast, and then the premium training for those who've enrolled, you'll have a password that if you hold on to, along with the URL, you'll be able to access that with the video slides at any time in the future, so you don't have to worry about perhaps missing one of those premium tuition-based classes. So we'll go into greater depth at uh, 1.30 today, but uh, I want to give you an overview of the 10 fetters here, developing on this idea that I've just talked about. 
Actually, the first, the fetter, so-called, or shackle, that we need to cut, really the, um, the biggest lie that we tell ourselves, is that we are a separated self. Uh, this is one of the, <laughs> going back to the 60s, this was one of the big crises when people would freak out on psychedelics as they were over uh, so overwhelmed by the sensory experience of uh, psychedelic trip that they were unable often to deal with the feeling that you are alone or isolated, separated in a world of separated forms from every other thing. And it's a terrifying feeling. It's not only lonely, it's frightening. Um, you can talk about alienation, uh, loneliness. Uh, it, it, uh, it flies directly in the face of and challenges our fundamental need for love. Uh, psychology is pretty much established that love is a basic need. Uh, you've no doubt been exposed to some time in your life to Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And after survival, like do I have air to breathe and food and water and a little bit of shelter? Uh, does somebody love me? And uh, Maslow goes all the way through self-actualization, as he describes it. To a spiritual student, it might be called self-realization. And self-realization is a result of working on these ten fetters, and in particular, the very first one, a belief in the separated self. This is the egoic nature, and everybody needs an ego, as long as you're in form, if you're an incarnated being, you need an ego for survival. You need to care about, you need to love your existence in form. Otherwise, you do reckless things. Turns out we do reckless things anyway, but uh, <laughs> uh, this whole tendency we have to hold on, to clutch uh, we're going to talk about that in depth later today, comes from the egoic self believing that it has to hold on, um, to hold on to physical things, um, our material possessions. This is greed and envy and our lust for stuff, to hold on to that stuff, to find some sort of meaning or, or purpose to our lives, to make sense of it, most people believe they need stuff, and when that doesn't work, they figure, well, uh, I guess I just need more stuff. And even though all of that stuff is impermanent, it's all rusting and decaying and breaking down in need of repair and replacement, uh, we just figure, well, then I've got to repair it and replace it. I, I've got to have more stuff in order to be happy. And uh, if we look at people who've got lots and lots of stuff, uh, some of them are happy, but not because of their stuff or their money. Because we see at all levels of abundance and prosperity from 
uh, impoverished to fabulously wealthy, people both happy and sad, people both fulfilled and and unfulfilled. And so the stuff has nothing to do with it. But still, most of us, you know, we've got this advertising <laughs> in all of our media telling us, well, that's because you don't have the right stuff. So our desire to hold on is born of the ego's fear that it needs to have this stuff to survive, to be happy, to feel a sense of contentment or fulfillment. And look around, you've got stuff, and it's not the reason you're happy when you're happy. It's little things that make you happy. Your generosity, your kindness, your your heartfelt thoughtfulness. It's um, watching little kids play. It's uh, petting the dog or the cat. It's uh, watching the sunset or, or the clouds on a beautiful day. Uh, it's looking at a flower, watching a spider spin a web things that money can't buy. This is the richness, and this is where the fulfillment in life is found. But if we pursue this false sense of self, we're always going to be distracted by our stuff. We not only want to hold on to our stuff, our material things and our money, we're looking to hold on to power. That's what money represents, is some sort of leverage or status or even prestige, a sense of superiority. Uh, I may not be happy, but I'm better than you. But, uh, journalism students learn in school that the real reason people watch the news on television, listen to it on the radio, and read it in the print media is not so much to be well-informed as to assure themselves or reassure themselves that other people are more miserable than you are. Um, that may sound like a cynical point of view. I guess it is a cynical point of view, but it really is true. Uh, like, oh my God, look, this tornado devastated the lives of all of these people. Oh, look at this flooding now as a result of the hurricane. Oh my God, there's an earthquake, there's a tsunami. These people can't go anyplace because of the volcano and the ash in the air. And, and uh, these people are dying from their water table being poisoned by a factory. And these people are being irradiated because they live downwind from a nuclear power plant. Um, and on and on it goes. There's a bizarre, perverse reassurance that goes with reading the news. Uh, there is even a holding on, uh, an attachment to the false self. And this is just the first of the ten fetters we're going to cover today. That we see in the way we clutch or attach ourselves to particular belief systems or ways of feeling. Uh, I've worked with people over the years uh, who limit themselves because of a fear that they cannot do better or be happier than their parents were for fear it would be some sort of betrayal. Uh, for example, people who will sabotage themselves in career without being aware or conscious of the fact that they're doing so to prevent themselves from embarrassing their parents. Uh, 
at least that's the fear, that if I do better than my parents did at this, if I make more money, if I live in a nicer house, that that will embarrass them. Well, it's likely your parents would love that, but this is the psychology of the false self and its desire to to hold on, in one sense, to a belief system, even if it's at odds with a different belief system that we hold on to. And it just creates more internal conflict and more confusion, and we just feel like we're sinking deeper and deeper into this malaise of what is a separated self going to do. What you're going to do is begin to consider that you're not the separated self, there's no value in holding on. You know, the philosopher Alan Watts was the first person to share with me in listening to his recorded tapes a story, an ancient story from Eastern philosophy, imagining that it's a hypothetical where you have to imagine that, that you or any person is on an asteroid in space and this big boulder breaks off the asteroid, you know, a couple hundred pound boulder about as big as you are, maybe six or eight feet long. And as that boulder breaks off the asteroid and falls away, you fall off the asteroid as well. And so the asteroid continues on its path and you and this big boulder have fallen off the asteroid in outer space. Notice the temptation the tendency to want to somehow swim, scramble, get over there to hold on to that boulder. You know, if you fell off a cliff with a big boulder, holding on to that boulder is not going to help you in any in any way at all. It's an absurdity, and yet if you're honest with yourself, you can understand the tendency or temptation to want to hold on to that. And so it is with the idea of a separated self, even though the idea doesn't really serve us. We're all connected. There's just one of us here. We're all part of the same all that is. Uh, Carl Jung, the psychoanalyst, called it the collective unconscious. We have a conscious mind. We have a personal unconscious. But we also have a collective unconscious he said, at some level, we're all plugged in together. And this is the very first of the ten fetters that we'll talk about in the premium training in depth, the belief in the separated self. There's two others. The first three are really the goal of what's called the one who enters the stream. You enter the stream when you cut the first three fetters, the belief in the separated self, which I've just discussed, uh, going through rites and rituals and religious ceremonies, but not really living the principle, just going through the motions and believing that's going to help, that's the second fetter. And then the, uh, the third fetter, or actually that's the third fetter. The second fetter is doubt in the teachings. It's skepticism. It's a refusal to believe anything or study in depth. Just a cynical, skeptical nature that uh, nothing's going to work and it's really no use in even studying spiritual materials. That's the second fetter. The third is the rites and the rituals. 
you cut those three, you're well on your way. We'll have more for you in a few minutes in the premium training. Let's do a little meditation. I know a lot of you come for the mindfulness exercise, so why don't you get relaxed and close your eyes. Ah, Take a nice, slow, deep breath or two. And as you inhale, pull in strength and power. And as you exhale, feel the letting go. Actually, it's the exhalation, the letting go side, that I want you to really identify with. This is the self, the letting go of the idea that you're separated. Letting go of the idea that holding on to anything, your money, your stuff, belief systems that don't serve you, each time you exhale, uh, relax, feel safe, and encourage that letting go feeling. All right. Sometimes when we manage stress through mindfulness and meditation, it's like two steps forward and a step back because that letting go is a new feeling, and so it causes us to tighten, <laughs> and then you have to let go again. So it's a practice. It's a path and not a destination. It's a way of letting go. And place your attention gently in the bottom of your nose. And simply witness your body breathing itself all by itself. And to use the breath as a metronome in the now that can choose to be detached and mindful that can refuse to be affected by the world around it and instead be detached and mindful of nothing but the breath rather than be the one who breathes you are the one who simply witnesses your body breathing itself all by itself. And consider that without any conscious effort whatsoever, your body is at this very moment healing itself, repairing and replacing cells, digesting food, keeping viral and bacterial growth in balance, in check, preventing illness and dis-ease through a practice of ease and peace, opening yourself, standing receptive to the moment, as if everything is okay. Ask yourself, how would it feel if everything was just fine? And you can do this for 10 or 15 minutes at a time. Now, for our purposes, I'm going to ask you to bring this awareness back to the waking state. Join us if you can for the premium training in a few minutes. Take a nice deep breath. 
And as you exhale, ah, there, a wonderful feeling. Bring it with you effortlessly as you open your eyes now, wide awake, alert, back in the room, rested, refreshed. And even if you can't join us uh, three or four minutes from now for the premium training, give some thought to the first of these ten fetters. What if I was part of all that is? What if I was connected, related, somehow plugged in to every single thing, every other person, every animal, every plant, the mineral kingdom, the atmosphere, the sky, the cosmos itself. What if this was just one thing? Maybe a lot of your anxiety and fear and and pain would go away. Visit theagelesswisdom.com, the W's dot theagelesswisdom.com. Click on Enter and then Webinars. Choose a premium training to get signed up. The thank you page will give you the URL, the location, and the password you need to join us in just a few minutes for the premium training. As always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. Mahalo. Thank you for being here today. And aloha from Maui.